And we are finally back, Cinema Attackers. Welcome to a brand new episode of Cinema Attack. That is right. I am the host of the most, Derek. And as always, I have uh, my trusted jungle guide, Matt, because he knows all about the creatures and stuff. So, Matt, what's going on? Yeah, watch out for them jungle because you never know what's out there. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm doing good. I wasn't expecting that at all. That was awesome. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we also have our trusted uh, uh, interpreter and uh, cameraman with us, W Doubles. What's going on, Dub? What's going on? It's hard to top that one. I'm just going to say what's up. <laughs> uh, but of course, this expedition to the jungles of Schlock Cinema wouldn't be complete. So we needed some more... Uh, but parties with us, of course. First up, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the man who gave Sharknado a 10 out of 10. Don and Ellie, what's going on, Don? Yo, what's going on, folks? Uh, yeah, uh, great to be here as always, and uh, glad to be talking about these. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's awesome stuff. And we have probably the most sensible person of this jungle safari with us. We <laughs> have the <laughs> You know, the one that will have some, like, yo, yo, this this ain't shit, this shit ain't going down right, you know, like, we have the man who flipped out about Tigers Are Not Afraid on a podcast one time, and that man is Mr. Venom. What's going on, Venom? Greetings and salutations, flesh eaters. And hey, if I'm going to be part of this expedition, can I be the dark-skinned guy that gets dismembered and then dies right after it? (laughs) (laughs) What was his name? Uh, Garcia and then uh, whatever. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you can, you can. If you haven't guessed, if you haven't guessed, listeners, by uh, all the jokes, we're actually doing some jungle cannibal films this episode, but not just any Jungle Cannibal films. We are doing two later day, early 2000s schlock cannibal ripoff or homage films from the schlockmeister himself, Bruno Matai. First up, we're going to be doing Mondo Cannibal and In the Land of the Cannibals from the same year, 2004. Uh, before we you know, get deep into it. Uh, first up, it's been a while, Matt. How, how's everything going? It's been going. Work's been crazy as usual, but just doing, staying alive and chilling and watching horror films. I feel you, you know. Uh, we'll be in your neck of the woods at the end of the, the month. Oh, yeah, you go to Salem, right? You're going to Salem, yep, trip. Salem yeah. Massachusetts. It's good stuff. Uh Every time I, you know, my mom's a big fan of Grey's Anatomy, I'm like, damn, because every time I watch, like, an episode where, like, you know, a crazy episode, like, you know, when there's, like, a big accident or something, and they bring a bunch of people, and I'm like, now I know how Matt feels. <laughs> you know? You know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, Salem's nice. You going to go to the Count Orlux? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the wax museum up there. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it is. Good stuff. Doug, how's uh, life been treating you, man? Hey, man. Can't complain. Nobody listen if I did, man. So, no, man, it's it's pretty good, man. 
I feel you, you, brethren. I'm I'm pretty good, you know. Uh, work's been hectic. Inventory, inventory's been. That's the only thing that sucks about retail. Inventory. I hated doing inventory when I worked at a retail store. Oh, it sucked. Yeah, it's been going on for three weeks, and next week's the last week, so I just got to get through at least Thursday, then I'm good. Either that or I'm fucking... I'm definitely... I can't wait for my vacation to come. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but... uh, Venom, we talk every day. What's going on with you? How has your week been? Oh, man, nothing much with me, man. I'm working at home, as I have been for about a year and a half. Nothing really changes much there. Uh, The wife and I are in the middle of sharing a car because her car died a few months ago. So it's one of those things where if she's working, I'm home just watching movies, brother. Watching movies, watching the movies for the fresh cuts. (laughs) Don. What have you been up to? Some Asian stuff going on? Uh, yeah, I've gotten a few of those in, but um, for me, most of it's just been Shirk Week. Um, I've been doing that for, for pretty much uh, the past week or so. So, uh, you know, diving into some rewatches, diving into a couple of, uh, or I should say, the last, last remaining film, the last remaining films I haven't seen before. So. Uh, yeah, uh, doing that, uh, getting some other Asian stuff caught up. Uh, just actually finished, uh, redoing the, uh, Dimension trilogy. So those are going to be coming out on, uh, Asian movie polls pretty soon because they're for the Arrow release. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, mixing in some schlocky can- Italian cannibals when I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, by uh, meanings of the last that you haven't seen, how many shark films have you seen? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer possible. <laughs> um, at least as far as um, I want to, uh, I want to say all of them in the context of what I know has been released that I have access to. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's probably maybe three or. Four there's a there's three or four that I know that I haven't seen because they haven't received an American release yet, or at least one that I've been able to track down. Uh-huh. So, I just bought a new shark movie. <laughs> which one? Shark Huntress. Huntress? Yeah. You mean Hunter? Because I know Huntress. that one. Hmm. She's a lady. It came out in uh, like <laughs> Walmart. The cover just sucked me in. I'm like, all right, I'll buy it. Dog on the hunt. I'm gonna have to look for that one because I've never heard of it. I- I've heard of Shark Hunter. Yeah, no, it says Huntress. It's a woman who hunts the shark to have killed her mother. <laughs> of course. Cool. Sounds like fun. It's personal. <laughs> it is personal. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Isn't that from the Jaws? I'm gonna have to look for that one. This time. Uh, that was one of them. Um, I think there's a couple of others that are usually. Like I said, Shark Hunter, because I know that one. That one's, you know, a person going after to kill a shark because it ate their family. Um, what was that? There was one from, I want to say it was either Germany or Austria. Uh, uh, oh, 
um, shark attack in the Mediterranean. That was one that had the same plot line where the guy's going after to kill the shark because it killed his wife. I'm just waiting for them to make a shark film with the guy who played fucking Hector Montoya and be like, you killed my father, prepare to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, um, just thinking about it now, isn't that also the plot of um, Enrico Castellari's The Last uh, Shark Hunter or something like that? I think that's the same plot. Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's been a while since I watched that. I know, one. me too. I'm just, I'm thinking of that right now. Like that's like the plot line. I'm more of a lash shark ray white kind of guy with Castle. I hear you. <laughs> you know, drunk Vic Murrow for the win. Vic Murrow. Or you know, edit a, a Kiyoma while you can. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking sharks and. That's enough shark talk, you know. Uh, now, Bruno Matai, I think it's good to say that we talk a little about the man himself, Vincent Don, or Martin Miller, in this in one case, later on. Yeah, because he used that one for Land, right? Yeah, Land of the Cannibals. Yeah, Land was Martin Miller. Yeah. So, I'll start with Don first. Don, what's your history Bruno Matai films. So initially, my first experience was, to nobody's surprise, Hell of the Living Dead. Um, I didn't know it was Bruno Matai. It was just Italian zombie film. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And, you know, after seeing the gloriousness of that one, it was just absolutely prerequisite on my end to just say, okay, Vincent Don or Bruno Matai or whatever the hell your real name is, let's see the rest of what you got. And that, of course, led me to, you know, Rat's Night of Terror and Violence in a Women's Prison, um, Other Hell, uh, <clears throat> what's that other one? Um, it wasn't the Nazi exploitation one, and it was the other Women in Prison one that he did, because he did Women's Prison Violence Massacre? Violence in a Women's Prison. That one, yeah, thank you. I always I always forget what the, the, the other one was. But yeah, I saw all that, and then... Uh, just, you know, from there, you get hooked, and then you just start delving into the catalog. Um, I want to say Cruel Draws, Shocking Dark. Um, uh, there's a few others, but, um, I mean, yeah, initially, uh, if you want, like, an actual answer, it was uh, somebody I stumbled upon just by virtue of his work appearing in a genre that I liked, and uh-huh. then liking his work and just wanting to explore more so i want to say i've hit all of the the major prerequisites in his catalog if you can call it that uh you know robo war and um what's that other one uh it's not ah the hell with it i'm my brain's fried and i'm gonna end up thinking of that instead of talking about the movies but uh, yeah um i've hit all of the major stuff Uh, i'm trying to find like his uh second tier stuff um the two giallos he did in the 90s or some of the erotic thrillers he did um that's pretty mm-hmm. much where i would be um even some of uh his later stuff uh a lot of the other films films that he did around the time of the films we're discussing later tonight uh i haven't seen much of those um i have seen jail um i've seen that one and then of course uh you know the t- last two zombie films but um, other than that, uh, it's mostly his uh, mid-90s and then a lot of the earlier 2000 shot-on-video stuff that I'm I'm looking to get into. So, so 
uh, on the hunt for that stuff when I can. But yeah, uh, long story short, um, I've hit all of the, all of the uh, major marks and uh, looking to dive deeper. Nice, nice. Uh, we'll mix it up a little bit, Dubby. Yeah, so I, I remember just basically. I think I started with Hell as well. Um, basically the Blue Underground releases. I checked out a lot of his horror stuff early. Um, I like. I really enjoyed Rats, and I like some of his earlier stuff. It seems like maybe he started slacking on some of his later stuff. As far as the horror realm, I really haven't seen like uh, you said Robo War and some of his like more action sci-fi stuff that would be cool to check out down the road but i mean overall i mean i, I respect the guy i i think i enjoy his body of work though overall yeah yeah venom um i'm honestly gonna be more of a noob when it comes to bruno um i also saw hell of the living dead and rats um knights of terror it, sometime in the late 80s i remember enjoying them and them leaving a little bit of an impression but i never really sought out the director i do remember though watching strike commando sometime in the early 90s and actually moderately enjoying it for whatever it's worth that for some reason at that time i liked really really cheesy low budget military action movies um stuff like deadly prey and you know awful no. shit like that so yeah um, but yeah, as far as actually my knowledge of Bruno Mattai, I mean, that's probably over the last three or four years, honestly. Um, Don was one of the people that introduced me to Cruel Jaws for one of his other shows where I had the opportunity to review that. That was a fun time. And then, like I said, uh, same with Don, um, the, uh, the zombie films, obviously the three of us recently reviewed those on another show and, um, I have not seen any of his women in prison movies. I'm not sure how prolific those movies are, but I, yeah, I definitely haven't seen any of those. It's not exactly a genre that I gravitated towards uh, as a kid. For me, it was all about just gore and violence. You know, the exploitation stuff didn't do it for me as much, but yeah, that, that's just the kind of kid I was. But yeah, I, I would, I would love to kind of delve deeper into Bruno's stuff as well, just for the entertainment value more than anything. You know, I'm not expecting to ever find like the Godfather buried in his catalog anywhere, but you know, <laughs> I think, I, you know, at the very least, they're I think all you've fun. Probably already seen his best stuff. If you, if that's what you've gotten so far, you already, you've I already seen his best stuff. stuff so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've already, yeah, the titles you mentioned, you've already seen his best stuff. So, I mean, maybe yeah. Shocking Dark would probably crawl up on your list but um other than that i think yeah you've probably already seen his best stuff nice yeah Matt. um i was pretty much new to bruno matai back in the, when i started collecting films uh first off was cruel jaws and then i kind of got into that double feature of hell of the living dead with uh rats night of terror which was a lot of fun then i kind of skipped over a lot of his stuff and I watched the uh, his newer ones like Zombies, The Beginning, and Island of the Living Dead. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, man, this guy is all over the place. So I started diving dope deeper into his older stuff. Like when certain films get released, I'll start picking them up for Bruno Mutai. Like I just watched Robo War not too long ago. That's a fun ass uh, Predator ripoff with an android. I'm like, that's fun. <laughs> and uh, the films we watched today are first-time watches for me on those. Uh, but I've, I have, like, Shockingly Dark. I have Zombie 3. And I got. I think I watched Zombie 3. I don't remember. That one was kind of a blank. 
So I gotta rewatch the the zombie movies of those Italian ones. But other than that, yeah, I've I've never seen any of the women in prison films. Uh, again, just like I don't really gravitate too much to the women in prison movies, unless it has like a monster in it or <laughs> has some kind of zombies in it or has something like that. Yeah, it's gotta be that. like bottom feeder, right? <laughs> yeah, or uh, a werewolf in a woman's prison. Yeah, yeah. That one was fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. even like Amazon Hotbox that had like zombies in it as well. But other than that, the whole that I'm so growing to that uh woman in a woman's prison stuff. Yeah. From me personally, uh I actually have seen one of his women in prison movies. I've seen Women's Prison Massacre, which is not just a pr- women it's actually a Manuel film because Laura Jemser is actually That's the main. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, Laura Jemser actually plays Emmanuel in that movie. It's weird. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's weird. It has uh, some great acting, amazing Academy <laughs> Award winning acting in it, especially by the main chick that wants to fight it, Laura Jemser, throughout the movie. Uh, weird, weird sex scenes. Yeah, lots of. <laughs> It's definitely not a Jess Franco women in prison movie, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, I could go for hours about those. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've seen pretty much a lot. I still actually have to see Rubble War. I have it. And I actually have Strike Commando 1 and 2, which I actually haven't watched yet, but I'm definitely curious. Since Venom talked about part 1, I'm more curious about part two because you know who plays the main bad guy in part two, Dubby? Richard Harris. Oh, <laughs> shit. Nice. So it's just. I might have to check those out, man. So, so it's just mind blowing that Richard Harris was on set with Bruno Matai. Wow. Dumbledore himself. <laughs> uh, it's just weird, you know, like. What the fuck kind of period? Was he on cocaine that period? What's going on? Yeah, the dark, the dark days. You know, like Walker began the dark days and then he went to Strike Commando too. <laughs> we all need money at some point in our life. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, actually, you know, uh, since uh, Matt mentioned Predator later, I think we'll be talking about that a lot, especially with one of these movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially one scene including like, oh, is that Arnold in that stock footage? <laughs> you know? Yeah, Bruno likes to use a lot of stock footage in a lot of his movies. <laughs> yeah. Do we even say that he directed Cruel Jaws? <laughs> is that <laughs> you know, I'm just saying He edited Cruel Jaws, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a mashup. It's a mashup. Oh but anyways, guys. I think we should just take a little break, play us up the trailer for the masterpiece that we're about to talk about, and uh, we'll be right back. It's not going to turn out so easy. Like war in Texas, it's not ever easy. Oh, what a television show. You want sensational? Just stick with Jimmy Boy here. The world of cannibals only on TV One. 
The public needs gore. Get the picture, asshole. They're a big gore, Grace. Savages, predators. <laughs> Just a minute, then. We think our guide has found a goodie. No one's gonna take away from them the tulips. <laughs> On me. It's a completely useless, pitiless execution. At last, I recognize it. Keep it grinding! Now I ask, who is the real cat? And we are back, everybody. And the first film of the night is the first film from 2004. And that is Mondo Cannibal, uh, directed by Bruno Mattai, written by Bruno Mattai and Giovanni Palucci. I believe is the producer of uh, his later day works. Don, is that correct? Yeah, um, he was the guy that took over the uh, partnership after Fergasso. Yeah, I figured as much. Because after yeah, because after uh, he and Fergasso left after uh, Shocking Dark, Palucci came in and he's done. He did everything with Mattai after. Gotcha. Uh, quick plot synopsis, which, hmm, that's actually a very long synopsis, but I'll read it anyways for the guys. The network where the famous anchorwoman Grace Forsythe works is collapsing, and she would do everything to regain the favor of the audience. Therefore, she convinces her professional team to go to the Amazon jungle for a sensational scoop about cannibals. Hmm. This sounds oddly familiar. <laughs> hmm. I'm just picturing some Res Ortolini music playing in the background. You know. Yeah, this is pretty much Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, pretty much Cannibal pretty Holocaust. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's a it's a very low tier version of Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, now. Oh, when I was predating uh, earlier in the last episode of uh, No More Room in Hell, uh, we're going to introduce you to a character that I nicknamed Fang, and that is Grace Foresight, for obvious reason. Every time she opens her fucking mouth, I just notice her fucking weird tooth (laughs) throughout the whole movie. It was just fucking bothering the shit out of me. I'm like, oh my god. That tooth That's funny. Uh, I was calling her uh, Sally Skellington the whole movie. <laughs> Chick is skinny. Damn. She is skinny, but she's not afraid to try to have sex with that guy. Like, Poor Garcia. Garcia. <laughs> he was Garcia. the best character in the movie. Uh, he, he comes back in the second movie, too. We're talking about his character. Because... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it gets good. Uh, Matt, Matt, this is the first time watching you, man. I know you've seen Campbell Holocaust before, so did you pick up right away? Yeah. It was very obvious on a lot of the aspects of it. Now, the funny part, too, is I watched the other one first. 
I watched uh, in the hill. In what was it? In um, in the lands. In the land. Okay, I always say I always want I always want to call it in the hills, but in the land of cannibals. So when I watched this one afterwards, I was like, "Wow, I'm rooting for the cannibals." <laughs> yeah. Complete change around, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that aspect where it, you know, we'll talk about some aspects that oh, yeah, the other films cannibal Holocaust. I was like, yeah, wow. Yeah, these are the asshole characters, which mm-hmm, big time. It, yeah, especially it's even weird when Bob Mason, who's actually, you know, he's kind of like the guy that she brings on board later. He turns into the asshole later on. And it's weird when you watch the beginning of the movie where he's like. Oh, I don't want to do this. I'm not doing that anymore, you know? And then all of a sudden, I'm back in the game. You know, I'm going to rape this chick out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm going to rape this teenager. Because oh. I can. Yeah. With his big, bushy eyebrows. That fucking guy. Uh, Dubby, this is the first time watch for you, man, too. Yeah, it was, man. So, uh, yeah, like... <laughs> Definitely homage, and I mean, it was even kind of marketed as the real Cannibal Holocaust or Part 2, I think. <laughs> he wasn't, I guess, uh, you know, trying to hide the fact, the comparisons here. Yeah, yeah. But man, just, what a, it's a cheesy, crazy movie, man. Uh, I do enjoy a lot of the gore, man. Some great flesh consuming and stuff on here. That, the acting, of course, is kind of stiff and to be expected, but. Uh, yeah, definitely some crazy scenes in this that I'm sure we'll bring up here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they were then, definitely enjoying uh, that birth scene. Holy shit. Yeah, they, they were all into that shit, yo. They were fucking... turned on. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah their, their, their facial expressions, like, like, oh my god. Are they about the fuck after this? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> we were all started masturbating in front of them. <laughs> like, holy crap. They got all turned on by this shit. Uh... Yeah, Matai's usually, there's a few, like, incidents, like, like I was saying earlier with Women's Prison Massacre, the actress that I was alluding to in that movie, great facial expressions. Mm-hmm. We we might have to do that one in the future. <laughs> uh, Venom. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, this is not a first-time watch for me. I actually did see this once. Had no idea it was Bruno Mattai or that it, it was even an Italian film. It was one of those films that was on Amazon Prime early on that no one knew anything about, like Ultra Indie. And yeah, I just watched it and laughed it, laughed at it for the most part. But man, these movies. I mean, within a couple of minutes, you already have that classic Bruno Mattai ADR, that terrible audio replacement that at times feels unnecessary. I mean, you could tell that a lot of the times these actors are actually speaking English, but for some reason, Bruno just does not want to record on location audio. He he does it all in the studio, so that's one of my biggest pet peeves, is just his his terrible audio mix and sound design. You know, just, it's all artificial. It's all done in a studio. There's nothing live about this audio at all. Um, And, yeah, man, (laughs) somebody mentioned the acting. Goddamn, sometimes I feel like Bruno Mattai watched uh, a bunch of early 90s sci-fi original movies and said, oh, you think that's bad acting? Hold my fucking beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. 
Maybe sometimes it feels like these people aren't even trying. Like a, a lot of times it feels like practice takes. It literally feels like Bruno was like, all right, try the line for me once just as a practice. And then they did it like real shitty. And he's like, oh, that's good enough. Let's keep it. And then just keep on moving. And I understand everybody's on a budget. You know, these are obviously micro budget productions. But God damn, especially when you're filming two at a time, which apparently he's done before. How many times has he done this, Don? Uh, Don and Derek, you guys probably know. Has he done the, Is this something uh, that he does often? Well, he did this with the uh, island and zombies. Right. Beginning. Was that the uh, only times? Are those the only examples? Because it almost feels like it's a trademark now at this point for him. <laughs> well, he did do. Didn't he do the two Giallos in the mid '90s at the same time? I think so. Yeah. I'm trying um, to I think, think of other examples. So, I know because I'm trying to I'm trying to look back at his catalog. Mm. Um, that's like the only ones that really come out because it was two films in a similar genre coming out like close to. Because usually what he'll do is is hit even though he's usually prolific and he'll touch on various genres, he doesn't really like he's not filming them like back to back. Um. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything. Mm-hmm. I think this is like, I think these are like the only few times. Um, other than, I would say he did two Giallos in the mid '90s, just before he did Cruel Jaws. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that would it just be feels the only, that would be the, yeah, like I said, that would be like the only other time because I know these and then the two zombie films he did back to back. Oh, actually, maybe he did. He did so was, maybe he did do something in the Philippines cause when he was doing a Zombie Three. Maybe I, I, he did, go ahead. I just thought of two. He did uh, two nunsploitation films back to back. The other hell and uh, what the fuck's the other one called? Sister. It's a, it's actually based. It's a, more of a biopic movie. The, the other nunsploitation movie he did. Uh, it's got to be something about the nun of Monza then, because that yeah. was the, uh, yeah. Yeah, is not my strong suit. The only one that I know of is that. Uh, None of Monza. That's like the like the big famous one that every Italian non-spoilation film cop. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I mean, regardless, unless he, yeah, oh. unless he pulled unless he pulled something off during the time he was in the Philippines when he did Zombie Three, I can't say for sure. Um, definitely these two. Definitely the two zombie films. Oh potentially the two giallos potentially the ones derek mentioned and then potentially the ones ones he filmed in the philippines but it just seems other than like that, that i yeah i don't think he's done a lot it seems like a trademark now for him because it, i mean obviously i mean i started to want to call bruno like the italian roger corman it, it just seems like he's fight he finds a way to save money at every possible turn Obviously, Roger Corman has that record of having 100% of his movies be profitable. I can't imagine Bruno is at that level. But still, I I also can't imagine these movies are very expensive. So for whatever it's worth, you know, they're not the ugliest things to look at. Obviously, they're digital video shot in the early 2000s. So, you know, it's kind of limiting. It's a step above shot on video, in all honesty. But it's still better than shot on video. So I can at least accept it. And like I said, when you're shooting in the jungle, you're going to have it's going to be easy to have some decent cinematography. So I'll at least give them credit for picking good locales. 
And honestly, I mean, you know, for whatever it's worth, even though uh, Sally Skellington looks like she's six foot one, all of 90 pounds, I mean, she's still an attractive lady. I'll, I'll still give her that. I'm not going to kick her out of bed for smoking crack or anything. I'm just saying. Nice tits, but, right? Uh, exactly. For someone that thin, you wouldn't expect it. So, yeah, I mean, kudos there. And, of course, the blonde yeah. was just thoroughly attractive all around. So kudos yeah. there. So, yeah, Bruno knows how to pick his starlets, at least. Um. And this girl even looks like the woman from Cannibal Holocaust, doesn't doesn't she a little bit? Is it kind, just me? Kind of. A, a tad little bit, yeah. Yeah. I also like that her name is Foresight. Ha <laughs> ha. Funny oh, gag. Her, you William. know, Foresight. Oh, uh, funny. Um, but her character in general, I mean, obviously all of the, you know, whatever, the, the, the Outlanders are all douchebag shitheads. Obviously, you know, they're fodder for the cannibals. Eventually, we want to see them all die. It's the formula we've seen before. It's a tried and true formula, so I'm not going to knock it necessarily, because even on this watch, I still had a good time with the movie. I still had fun, you know, getting my little bit of guilty pleasure watching the douchebags die. Um, you know, getting mad at certain characters like Grace for having no problem with all the atrocities that she has her crew do. But then as soon as one of them wants to rape someone, that's where she draws the line. Suddenly, oh, no, you guys are being bad. The, the dozens of natives that you just set on fire 20 minutes ago, that wasn't that bad. But raping yeah. a girl. Yeah, that's fucking awful. So, yeah. so, yeah, the hypocrisy of that character definitely makes her hateable as well. Um, blah, blah, blah. All the characters come off as hateable for one reason or another. Maybe not so much the blonde, but I did find it odd that she was the one who was the most excited to go uh, hunt the cannibals when, you know, at the beginning when they were still on the mainland. And <laughs> she's the one who just goes to shit the quickest, like mentally, once, you know, the shit hits the fan. So she was enjoying that rape scene. She's like, I'll send you this to like a Christmas card. Yeah, she really was. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and then, I mean, I got to talk about some of the dialogue in this movie. Holy shit. This movie has classic lines like eating someone's flesh sends their spirit out of the forest forever. What? No, <laughs> fuck does that mean? It doesn't even mean anything. You said nothing. Uh, oh, here's another. Here's one that I absolutely love. The invisible people are hard to find and have never been seen. No, no shit. shit. <laughs> oh, You're a fucking Sherlock, buddy. Holy shit. Yeah. We're I, sending I the dumb ones out to the forest this time. <laughs> just some of these lines are so great i don't want to be killed there's a character that actually repeats i don't want to be killed later in the movie honey nobody wants to be killed but you know maybe you'll live because you're verbalizing it i don't know yeah the movie is is equal parts ridiculous and hilarious at times but i mean overall just like every bruno matai movie i tend to give them all the same review they're always fun. You, you don't expect, you know, Citizen Kane when you go into a Vincent Dawn movie or Bruno Mattai. So we all kind of know what we're in for. And ultimately, he delivers the laughs. And in this particular film, I mean, he still delivers us some good gore. I mean, I'll, I'll always give it to Matai. We get some decent gore, at least. Sometimes it looks a little silly. It looks like just meat bought at a, at a butcher that they slapped into a scene. But... You know, you know, he's doing his effort. He's doing his best effort with the budget that he has. And ultimately, the movies always come off as fun. I have yet to watch a frustrating Bruno Mattai movie. As weird and as hard as they are to watch sometimes, I still generally have a good time with them. It's not anything that I return to that often. But yeah, for whatever it's worth, I enjoyed Mondo Cannibal. 
Nice. Yeah. 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 This movie's fun. Uh, there's one scene that does bother me, and I wanted to bring it up and get your guys' opinions on it. Yeah. They. They definitely kill a real crocodile baby alligator in this movie, right? They absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. Which um, fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I have so. I have an issue with that too because that just comes off as tone deaf. In in the in the late seventies, stuff like that was shocking and still technically not illegal. I mean, don't forget, killing an animal on screen is technically illegal these days. Obviously, he, sh- he probably shot this in the Philippines, so you know, blah blah blah. But. Yeah, it's a little tone deaf because both the rape scene and the animal mutilation just they feel like they go on way too long. And he he definitely crosses the line between shock and distaste. And those two scenes end up uh, being distasteful just because of how long I'm forced to watch it. You know, I was I was worried he was going to do it in the second movie with the pig. But thankfully, he thought better of it. (laughs) He's like, well, yeah. Cannibal Holocaust, I did a turtle. You know what? I'll do a step up. I'll do a baby gear. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of just doing it to do it. It did kind of feel that way. Yeah, because in 2004, you're not going to shock anybody with that. All you're really doing is just grossing us out for grossing us out's sake. What's the point? Yeah. And a lot of people will make that point about Cannibal Holocaust, too. They'll say that that movie was just gross out, you know, for, for the sake of just grossing us out. But I, I will always disagree because Cannibal Holocaust has a lot of subtext that people don't really want to read into. But obviously, that's a discussion for another show. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I wish he would have thought about this more from a 2004 mentality than a 1977 mentality. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For that shock. Yeah, yeah. It's just when when it's done in Holocaust, it wasn't something we've seen before, and it just shocked us even more. Then you know, especially it does have subtext to it, especially the turtle death, which yep. actually plays into one of the characters that actually gets killed the same kind of way as the turtle. Mm-hmm. It kind of blends well better that way, and I'm not saying it's still right. Don't get me wrong. You know, I think. Those those movies are judges, period pieces, and they're time capsules. And, you know, what they did wasn't right still, what they did. You know, when you watch it, I can see why people would hate those movies for those scenes. And they kind of made them infamous, you know? Like, that yeah. was the whole reason we kind of took them out as kids. Or I did anyway, you know? We're like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, we gotta see, we got to see Cannibal Holocaust. You know, that was one of those films. Yo, and then we watched Fiorox later. Play that shit. <laughs> DC gets his dick cut off 15 times. Oh, yeah. Who cares about that? Fuck that. You know? You know. <laughs> That's always the way it is, though. We could watch all the atrocity in the world happening to a human being, but yeah, once it happens to an innocent animal, it's like, what the fuck? It's hard enough yeah. when it's fake, but when you yeah, know it's fake. Yeah, and you know, Lindsay's like, oh, you could do a turtle scene? I'm going to do a turtle scene now, too. Fuck you, Diodato. I love those two's fucking rivalry because <laughs> who created the cannibal genre? <laughs> uh, it's fucking great. But uh, yeah, you know that that's my major gripe with that. That's the only scene that I feel like they could have did without or worked around. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they could have just cut away from it happening and be like, "Oh, here's a gator on a stick, plastic gator." You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. It just tastes like chicken. Oh, that's <laughs> actually true. I've had yeah. it, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've had gator before. 
Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And the fourth wall breaks in this movie, I'm sorry, they are just so unnecessary. That fourth wall break, when the when the TV, like, managers, the station manager, whatever, looks into the camera and actually says, who's the real cannibal? I swear my soul <laughs> left my body. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Every yeah, scene uh, of the executive is pretty rough, man. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like... <laughs> those scenes are fucking. Those those feel like the most like soap opera scenes yeah, too, especially with all, the music man. playing, playing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it's pretty bad. Those scenes, I'll leave them at that. They're cheesy, but you know, it's just funny because you're like thinking like these are they're just copying Holocaust. Some of the lines, dialogue, and everything. It's fucking hilarious too. Yeah, I mean this one. This one obviously rips off um, Holocaust and concept and set pieces. The next movie rips off films like actually taking whole lines right out of the film. That's where it starts to get a little offensive. Mondo Cannibal, I'm very okay with. Yes, it's incredibly a rip off of Hannibal. Uh, excuse, of Hannibal, Hannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> Though Hannibal Holocaust sounds pretty interesting now that I think about it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it's very obvious that it's an homage. But when you're watching the, our second movie, and I'll get more into it when we're talking about it, and, and you hear exact lines taken out of a classic movie, oh, my God, I the cringe factor is ridiculous. Get to the helicopter. Oh, oh get to the chopper. <laughs> <That's> so bad. Oh. <laughs> uh. Well, yeah, it, it's so bad, but we'll get into it in a minute. <laughs> but uh, I think we should rate this motherfucker. How about that? And I do present this. It's not fair to rate this movie on a technical scale because no, no, because yeah. when we're going into Bruno Matai movies, they're all gonna be different, various levels of quality, of course. Like especially these ones, I kind of compared to my shot on video scale, where you're reviewing them based on entertainment. Because everything else you usually rate normal movies on is out of the question. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so on an entertain for, for that example, I'll start with Don. What do you rate this on an entertainment level? I've been debating this for a while. I'm going to end up giving it a six and a half. I, I think that's kind of where it really deserves to be, where it belongs, um, you know, like right in the average scale, because at the end of the day, yeah, it's a shot for shot, you know, storyline remake of Cannibal Holocaust. It deviates slightly enough that it's not a shot for shot remake. It's a storyline remake. But yeah, uh, I, I, it's as, it's the, the film's best and worst quality is that it plays so closely to the, to the storyline of Holocaust because it makes the film fun. You're never bored. You're always engaged in what's going on, but you're always at that back of the head. It's like, okay, when are we going to get to the next, you know, homage? When are we going to get to the next scene of them acting like douchebags? And yeah, it can wear on you. Yeah, it, you know, it has its moments where it's a drawback where you're waiting on the film executives to finish up their meetings. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's still watchable. It's still a fun Matei film, and uh, I think I'm going to settle in at six and a half. Nice. Dub? Yeah, 
I'm not too far off on that. Actually, you know, I was thinking on a six on this. It's it is entertaining, man. At the end of the day, it's an entertaining ride, but <laughs> the quality's just not all the way there, man. Um, the similarities uh, definitely kind of, I guess, like you said, makes you more engaged in it. And I think there's something to be said for the pacing of this one. It's it's pretty nonstop. I mean, even the first scenes of the movie, you got some gut munching going on and stuff. So I think the action's there, um, especially when we go in the second film. I think this one's pretty solid. Yeah. Venom. Uh, I'm right there with Don. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to judge this movie just based on Matai's catalog, what little of it I've seen, but I, I enjoy this film based on a lot of the other ones of his that I've seen that just kind of, you know, make me feel like I'm dying a little bit inside this one. And so, you know, whoever mentioned the pace, that's a great point. I, I did mean to mention that the pacing in this film is actually really good. Uh, despite constantly laughing, I was never bored. It's not like, it's not like there's a, a forced romance in the movie. It's not like, you know, that it's not like two of the characters have like a jaded past that they got to talk out. I mean, it's just cannibals and tits. So, I mean, if you if, if that's what you're into, <laughs> you're you're, you're going to be satisfied with this. So, yeah, I'm going to come in same as Don. 6.5 um, out of 10 Bruno Matais. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'll go next. We'll, late, we'll, we'll have Matt do the mic drop. Uh, I'm probably I'm I'm around there with you guys. Uh, I can give it like a six, six point five. I'm gonna give it a six point five. Yeah, more thinking about it. Yeah, it has its good moments, but then you know, definitely those boardroom executive scenes fucking drag. You're just watching a bunch of fucking people sitting around watching a big TV as the shits happening. That's the only thing that was confused me was. Were they watching this while it was happening, or? Yeah, it was satellite. Yeah, they found the footage at the yeah. very end. Yeah, said satellite. That someone found the guy's camera, and they brought it over. Oh. Yeah, well, what they were doing they is, do is that they were a satellite at one point in the movie. No, they mentioned using satellite feed. They had like is... a satellite phone, but they actually, because I'm what watching, were... going, how the fuck is this happening with a satellite? Like how no, this what, camera looked. What they were but, doing was they were filming everything on the battery and they were uploading the battery to the satellite phone. And then that's what they were broadcasting back. They were essentially what they were doing was they were viewing dailies, but they were being satellite. They were satellite projected back to the headquarters. Oh. Man, that must have been expensive in 2004. They also said too <laughs> that they found the guy's camera at the end too. Well, that's what they, they were saying. Is well, yeah, they mentioned that. Yeah. Well, because remember, the guy, his argument is that we can't showcase the last scene because I've seen the footage you guys haven't. That's what right. they're doing is that it's recorded on a camera pack and then being uploaded from the pack to the satellite. Uh, okay. I, I'll I'm go sure. with it. I don't believe that the production that size has the budget to be able to do that. <laughs> if, that if that's going to be my biggest gripe with the movie, then the movie succeeded. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'll give it a 6.5. Yeah, it's fun. Matt. Yeah, I, I'm actually around with all you guys between a six and a six and a half. Probably a six and a half. I I think the courtroom thing just didn't need to be there. I understand what they were doing and what they were putting out, but I don't know. Keep it on the woods. <laughs> uh, at first, like I said, I saw the other one first, and then when I watched this one, it was a complete turnaround. I'm like, 
man, now I want these assholes to all die. Because <laughs> there's a little bit of role reversal in the next movie. But, again, just they're being all dicks. Again, it's like just like Cannibal Holocaust. Like, come on, get them all. And then watching the courtroom going, did the guy with the camera live? Then I, when you, you're saying about the sat phone, and I heard the whole thing about finding the film. And he's still filming. I'm like, you idiot. You're running from cannibals. And then all of a sudden, you're, oh, I'll stay and film this, even though she's getting raped and then devoured at the same time. It's bonking the head. I'm like, well, that was pretty stupid. But I did like the yeah. trap. That When the blonde got stuck in the trap, you had like a, uh-huh. a, a body. Spike the, trap. Yeah. The spike trap, but it yes. was like a, a mannequin kill. <laughs> the dummy kill. Just a slam. I laughed so hard on that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> just the fakeness of it. It's like they put a, a fake mannequin with a blonde wig and boom, slammed it down on the ground. <laughs> like, where are the rest of these traps? Come on. This is cool. But again, I, I liked a lot of it. So again, the courtroom, eh, not the courtroom, but the, the CEO stuff. That could have been eh. yeah. So I give it a 6.5. So we're on the same with you guys. Yeah. yeah. I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Bruno knows how to make us wait. But it's time to get into the next movie, guys. So we'll be right back after this, and we'll be back with In the Land of the Cannibals. Or as Venom calls it, In the Hills of the Cannibals. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back right after this, guys. They were a rescue squad. They're right down to hell, you follow! Going down, folks! They had a mission to carry out. They knew they were alone. Don't land choppers and marshes! But they didn't know what they would find. Jesus Christ! It's on the loose. An incredible adventure. In a fierce and hostile world. If we don't stop a hemorrhage, he's gonna die. This is the work of the demon that makes trophies out of men. finally back with the end of this fucking show guys that is right we're going back to 2004 again ironically and we're going to be talking about uh in the land of the cannibals directed by martin miller <laughs> wait i thought we were doing a bruno matai retrospective what the hell <laughs> he edited this movie so Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Isn't it weird that he uses a a fake name to direct, but he his real name is under editor? 
That's odd. <laughs> He's trying to throw everybody off. He's going, wait, is this a, is this a Bruno movie? It's somebody else. Yeah, Bruno has a part in it. <laughs> they learned from Joe D'Amato well. Nice. This, you know, uh, this is movies that I've seen from him that I didn't even know he directed until later on. I'm like, damn, he directed Contamination 777. You know? But, uh, yeah. In the land of the cannibals. Are you ready for this? Original <laughs> synopsis, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's kind of original in some aspects, but yeah. Commandos head deep into the Amazon jungle to rescue a general's daughter who has been kidnapped by a cannibal tribe. Hmm. <laughs> well, watching this movie, I'm like, you know, you know, what would be the greatest thing ever if we took cannibal holocaust and and then like let's you guys like the movie predator <laughs> and mash them together that's what this fucking movie is sprinkle little aliens on it yeah yeah it's got all that you know uh dubby this is a first time watch for you and uh i'm guessing right yes and uh uh uh, what the hell did you think when you were like when you realized what was going on in this movie and what it was copying yeah man I, I didn't expect this especially coming off the last one and I was like oh he might do something actually kind of original here but not so much uh, and, I, and you said in the synopsis hit, hints uh, deep in the Amazon jungle there's a lot of jungle in this there's a lot <laughs> Too much jungle, man. Like, <laughs> this movie is slow and a lot more tedious than the first one, I thought, overall. <laughs> yeah. Still some fun moments, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll get into my thoughts now. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. You know, especially, like, the scenes that do copy Hamble, Cannibal Holocaust are, like, the beginning scenes. Uh, they're more of the scenes where it's like the you know the guy who's trying to go find the 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 crew and the footage in the beginning of the movie type of scenes where you know they have like they actually our friend Garcia comes back later in this one as a <laughs> as a as a cannibal tribe member that they kidnap and you know they do that whole hey sprinkle some of this on him it's like cocaine you know <laughs> they like it they'll be happy <laughs> you know and you know, and you know they try they do the muskrat scene, but instead of the muskrat, it's a pig, which they don't actually show. Which I'm like, oh, thank God they didn't kill that pig on screen, or I would have just fucking broke this disc in half. You know, <laughs> you know? Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's those. But you know, when it gets into the predator shit later, I'm like just dying laughing, <laughs> fucking cracking up. You know. I'll wait for the little red triangle to appear on some people's heads. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, We actually had a similar conversation like of this with uh, uh, zombies at the beginning earlier on when uh, it was an alien ripoff. Aliens, I would say. But uh, it's more obvious. It's weird here, especially with the cannibal aspect of this one. But uh, yeah, it's a little tedious at times with all the jungle shit, especially the scenes that do, I feel 
more with the scenes that copy Cannibal Holocaust more in this one than I did in the last movie. But that's just my personal thoughts. I I still had a good time with this one either way, but uh, Venom. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I start? Okay. Man, um, so here we are once again, Bruno Matai shooting two movies at the same time, and the second one um, is a military-style homage to a very popular movie. Um, it, it is kind of funny how this one starts al- as aliens. I mean, even the score. Uh, at the beginning of the film, when the when the military troop first arrives on the helicopter, even the music playing, it sounds very military-slash-aliens. Um, oh, and then uh, we had a little homage to JP in this one with the bad worm placement. Uh, <laughs> which I vehemently disagree with, but again, that's a conversation for another show. Um, I got a little bit of a kick out of the homages with some of the names. Did you guys notice some of the names of the characters in this movie? Romero. We've got Romero. We've got... <laughs> What's funny is that I, I said that this movie is, uh, you know, starts off as a ripoff of Aliens. And in this movie, there is a character very much like Vasquez from Alien, you know, uh, kind of a Latina badass woman. Guess what the name of that character is in this movie? Vasquez. Fucking Vasquez! Come on, <laughs> you can't even change the name? <laughs> this, this, the homages, quote-unquote, and by the way, folks, when I say homages, just figure, add the quotes yourself, because I never mean homages. Uh, they, they get really upsetting in this movie. Like, like... There are so many just on top of each other. You know, you know, first they do the scorpion gag from, uh, you know, from Terminator. And and then they have the bodies hanging skinned in the jungle, just like um, Predator. Excuse me. Did I say Terminator? I meant Predator earlier. Um, so, they yeah, they do the scorpion gag. They do the uh, – oh, and by the way, uh, oh, once again, Garcia doesn't survive his dismemberment in this, in this film. Sorry. That sucks. But – I just, man, the homages just got painful and upsetting. Like I said, by the time we got to the movie, I was just, I was angry at the movie. Like, like with, with uh, Mondo Cannibal, I was not angry. I, I had a smile on my face. This movie literally soured me a little to Bruno Matai films. Like, uh, uh, aside from the terrible acting, the terrible, you know, ADR, which again is expected, the terrible dialogue, everything else, but... Just like I said, the homages are so in your face. They are—it's like they're slapping you in the face with a Blu-ray copy of Aliens. Sometimes it—it <laughs> it, it just gets too much. And um, again, the gore is fine, though I did find it kind of weird, almost kind of misogynistic. How at first only women were getting eaten. I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but for like the first half of the movie, only women got eaten by cannibals. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are these guys misogynists? But eventually they did rectify that and ate some guys later on. But They don't like penis. Yeah, apparently. Well, who does really? <laughs> um, but, um, and yeah, and just like I was saying with the, the dialogue in the first movie, yeah, the dialogue is cancer-inducing in this film as well. <laughs> we have a classic line from Predator said perfectly by Jesse the Body Ventura, I ain't got time to bleed. One of the most badass fucking lines ever spoken in cinema. Yeah. What's her version of the line? I I got no time for things like bleeding. 
Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god! I'm sorry, Bruno. Bruno, I love you so much. Got you know, rest your soul, brother. You know, I hope you and Cthulhu are having a good time in the afterlife right now. But goddamn, are you lazy at times? Um, yeah, it's the pig scene. They ripped off the pig scene from Predator. Um, except in this one, they dragged it out longer because they spent like three minutes laughing at the guy. Where, whereas obviously they're not going to laugh at the dude in uh, the original Predator. He was a badass motherfucker. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just all the choices. I, I got to say, almost all the choices made in this movie are terrible, both in front of and behind the camera. I, there's very little about this movie that I really enjoy. There are still funny scenes. Don't get me wrong. Hearing this fake Spanish woman trying to speak Spanish later in the film, Una Tormenta del Fuego. <laughs> just like, how long, how long did, you, did Rosetta Stone take to teach you that fucking line? Oh, my God, she spoke it so terribly. Anyway, yeah, uh, whereas whereas Mondo Cannibal was a fun movie that I could, you know, kind of see the homages and appreciate them a little bit more. This film is just a slap in the face. It's Bruno Mattai just slapping you in the face with his dick saying, look at the movies that I loved when I was younger. Look at these movies. I love them, and you're going to love them, too. And as a movie viewer, it just gets a little bit infuriating. So, yeah, I'm going to come in a little bit lower on this one, unfortunately. But, yeah, Um, still, it it still has its good gore. It still has some fun. It still has some laughable lines and character. But it it just doesn't have the charm of the first movie at all, in my opinion. So, sadly, it's a little bit of a step down for me. Nice. Uh, Matt! How am I supposed to go after that? Holy crap. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, again, this was a first time watch for me as well. This was the first one I watched. And I'm watching it going, man, still going. Ugh, okay, keep it going. Let's hopefully something happens. Wait, aren't those helicopters the same from Predator? Wait, almost all the characters look like they belong in Predator. You got the black, a couple black guys. You got the Indian guy kind of dressed like an Indian guy. I was waiting for him to get a machete and run out into the middle of a bridge and scream. <laughs> they even did a waterfall scene where they jump off the waterfall. I'm like, am, am I, did, I, did Derek give me the right movie? <laughs> I was like, is this, wait a minute, is this like a different version of Predator? <laughs> they even did the whole fighting into, just shooting blankly into the woods. It's like, okay, maybe we'll get to some cannibals. Okay, we got to some cannibals. Now we get back to Predator. Now we get to cannibals. Now we get back to Predator. It's like, jeez. And then the, they they became friends with the cannibals. They, you know, took care of their enemies and like, befriended them. And then all of a sudden, we got to kill them all because we got to get the girl out of here. Well, we can't get the girl because that will cause a war between the two cannibals. Fuck that. Let them have their war. Get the girl and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> and then they start shooting everybody. And they're like, well, and they all just became enemies again. And then they're getting fought after. And the whole guy sliding down the hill. It's like, you guys go on ahead. I'm just going to slide down this hill. And then he gets killed. Wow, this one is rough. This is definitely a rough cannibal film. And then when I watched the second one, I enjoyed the second one better. But, man, this one was was a little bit chore, but I still had a good time watching it for the first time. But I'm laughing going, wow, these are definitely some planned ripoffs of... I think I even saw a little bit of Commando in here. Maybe. I don't remember. But it was mostly a lot of Predator. And I was like, damn. Yeah. I was waiting yeah. for Jesse the Body Ventura to make a cameo and be like, 
go get them, guys, or something <laughs> stupid like that. Yeah, and the and the reason why I think that, uh, especially that this one was taken off from, you know, went out of print from Severin, is because it does actually have scenes from Predator in it with the helicopters. Yeah. You know, it's, and you can actually see when, you know, when they're sliding down the rope, you can, yeah, you know, when they're sliding down the rope, you can see Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bill Dukes sliding down the ropes and shit. <laughs> and that and that ending, they did the soprano ending. Just, here it comes, here, blank. What? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll use my imagination. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He just literally ran out of money, man. <laughs> we just got into here, sorry, we can't have your death scene, or you can't have you rescued. Boom, blank. Yeah. yeah. You but know. again, I'll take it for what it is. I'm still yeah. questioning what are they implying with that ending? Did she leave him in the jungle? Is that what they're I implying? I think so, because she was in the helicopter flying off. He's already got shot with darts and shit, and he's walking through the water, and all of a sudden, there's the cannibals, there's him, and you're like, what's going to happen? End. End. Well, exactly. maybe he didn't make it out the jungle. He's done. <laughs> I guess so. I did, he's, he's screwed. I did like that they kind of tricked us in who was going to be the Carl Withers and the Arnold Schwarzenegger of this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> Swerve. Yeah. God, the arm chop. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I was waiting, too, for him to battle the, the head cannibal going out because he's going out and he's got all the rest of the cannibals. I'm like, is he going to be like, you're one ugly motherfucker? <laughs> I was waiting for that, but that didn't happen, thank God. Yeah, they ran out of budget for that part, unfortunately. <laughs> so it came later. But, but uh, can't, Don. Can't make all pre- Predator. Oh. Yeah, right. can't be all Predator, you know. Donnie boy. So, surprise, surprise, this is the one I like the most. I like this. I thought I had I had fun with it. Um, I'm not as down on homages as Venom is. Um, I actually like that. Um, it has a sense of familiarity. It has a sense of fun. It has a sense of cheese. I'm all for all three of those. And I'm not bothered in the slightest that they're ripoffs. They're scene for scene re- remakes. Yeah, it's a detriment, but it's not crippling. Uh, the ending is crippling. Um, I will give it that. Uh, yeah, I was completely confused and was like, "Wait, what the fuck? Did did Derek actually not finish the film? Like, what the hell?" Because I was actually about to message him about it. It was like, "Did you like did the download? Did you do the thing compl- correctly?" And do, but then the credits roll. The down- exactly. That's what stopped me. I was like, "Wait, wait, wait! Did he do the movie? Like, did, you know, is this the full file? Like, did he do the full?" movie or did he like fuck up and miss like the last five minutes and then I was about ready to pull the message up and chat him and then all of a sudden the credits were almost like wait what and I looked up online and I was like oh wait yeah everybody else has said that too it was like oh crap because I was actually I was legitimately about to message him to figure that out and then all of a sudden the credits roll and I was like oh oh okay that's what happened it's the movie yeah I have um, a when the credits started, I thought I missed something, even though I was watching the movie yeah, closely. Too. Yeah, I rewound it. Yeah, because it's it's just it's so immediate, and it just it cuts so abruptly. I was like, wait, did he fuck up the file? And you know the you know he didn't do the full movie. You know, like what's the last five minutes? But no, that is the last five minutes. 
Um, but other than that, I have a lot of fun with it. I think it's uh, I think it's a great combination of the two. I think it's a logical combination to mix the two together. You get a lot more action in here. You get a lot more confrontations with the cannibals. The gore is a lot more fun. Um, I think there's a lot more inventive deaths in here. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I, I do find this one here is this one's strange. Um, I like the positives more, but I like the detriments a lot more. The detriments are a lot more crippling here but i do like the positives a lot more so it's kind of a weird movie but yeah <laughs> yeah i really like this one i had fun with it yeah uh fucking uh yeah i i could i could agree with you on like the gore i think the gore is better in this one than the other one for that aspect yeah. it's more gruesome i mean there's more memorable especially like the vaginal mutilation scene man. that was uh, pretty cool man <laughs> Yeah, that one that was a big, that was a, that was a that was a nice one. Yeah, I like that one. A um, couple of the dismemberments aren't bad, and you get all kinds of um, all of the intestinal eating. I think there's a lot more of that in here as well. Oh, oh yeah, gotta yeah. have that intestinal eating in these movies. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but fucking, I I was cracking up like you know the aspect. Is it weird? Or you know the actor who plays the, the the Romero character who also played Bob in the last movie doesn't he kind of look like Richard Johnson weirdly enough Don? Hmm. Uh, kind of. Yeah. It, it kind of. Look- yeah. There, there's a there's a slight resemblance. It's not like a full on one. Yeah. Or it's not like a double take. Seeing it's not like you know a double take is like wait is that no. But yeah, there there's a slight reason. Once yeah, that's what yeah, I was I'll thinking read. when I was watching these movies. You know, like what's this low rent Richard Johnson doing in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Did he have like a son in the Philippines? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie's it's something. It's something. It's a something. I think it's time we rate this motherfucker. Uh. Let's start with Venom. Uh, well, as I already said, I, I can't possibly come in as high on this one. Um, just for me, the homages were just so in your face that they took me out of it as opposed to the first film where the entire film is an homage to one particular movie. Whereas in this movie, when they kind of go back and forth between the Predator and the Alien homages, it, it, it's a little jarring for me, that's all. Especially... You know, they do all the alien stuff early, and then it solidly goes into Predator. But then they go back to Alien for Vasquez's death, which, yes, is exactly like Aliens as well. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to come in as high on this one. I think on my scale of Bruno Mattai films, of the ones I've seen, I'm probably going to come in with a 5 out of 10 for this one. Nice. Debbie. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same on this one. It's definitely a step down. Um, I think maybe it's maybe the fact he's mashing up. Or <laughs> the the first film just seemed to have more clear direction. Maybe he knew a little more of where he was going. 
it just feels like some of this stuff's pieced together. The some of the scenes of Sarah when she's kind of the tribe's love goddess and stuff like that. <laughs> they were just some weird, interesting scenes in this man. It's it's a quirky ass film, and like I said it just didn't have the same luster the first one did for me. So I have to rate it about a five as well. Pretty nice. Average. Matt. <clears throat> Again, this was a, a first-time watch for me as well, and it was—I thought it was okay. I thought some of the the cannibalistic scenes were done well, but the whole shooting and putting in Predator in there <laughs> in a cannibal film—it's like, wow, you really couldn't put extra time and effort to actually, you know, shoot some footage. Like you could tell, some of the jungle scenes were probably like in an office somewhere, just put green leaves hanging up somewhere and made to look like it's a jungle. But <laughs> I he was probably trying to cut budget and everything, but that's what he could do. But at least we didn't have any CEO board members there. But other than that, I would probably give this one a six out of ten. It's a little bit of a step down for me. But I had fun, like again the whole them becoming friends with the cannibals, but then they decide, nah, let's kill him. Let's get the girl. Let's kill him. Get the fuck out of here. And of course the drop zone keeps changing and then keeps fucking with them like it's a helicopter it's a jungle just get to a spot you can land it or just drop a ladder <laughs> but yeah i guess it's a six out of ten nice done uh i'm fr- even though i said that i liked aspects of this one more i said that the fact that the flaws were more crippling actually makes me come in with this one at the exact same score. I'm giving this one and also a six and a half. Um, yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's like I said, it, it's one that I liked more. So it's a probably, it's a higher six and a half, but it's the same overall rating. So yeah. Um, I, you know, I like the positives more, but I thought the detriment, the drawbacks were a lot more detrimental. So I'm giving, at the same rating, six and a half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be the crazy guy here. Giving this a fucking seven. <laughs> I, I'm not saying this is a good movie at all. I just fucking had a blast watching it. Like I said, the only reason it's not like a fully, like, entertainment score for me would it's not going to be mind-blowingly a 10 that's like rock and roll nightmare level is <laughs> because the whole all the cannibal holocaust scenes and alien things kind of, it's a very jarring thing because we actually talked about it in when we did island living dead 2 venom where it you know he was melding too many different zombie genres together and different <laughs> aspects of movies which you know, if you just, like, he stuck with one homage in uh, Zombies at the beginning, more, and then it's kind of the same way here. But I still had a fucking blast, and I was cracking up when people were just fucking yelling. You know, I love shitty lines in these type of movies. You know, it just goes, <laughs> like, I love Subversion Sasquatch. The guys know that. <laughs> I tortured them both of them. That movie, and, you know, it has some bad things in that movie. Like his cave is just garbage bags in that movie. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, see that those titties, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, we're going to make Mike watch that one day, Venom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 7 out of 10. You know, I rate it because it entertained the fuck out of me. You know, if I was rating it on a technical score, it would probably be like a 2. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. You know? But, yeah, that's it. All right, guys. That was the, the Cannibal Show. That was pretty fucking fun. And Venom, it actually was a blessing that you... Because we actually were supposed to record this show the day before uh, we did uh, the the zombie show on our uh, my No More Room in Hell show. And, you know, I was like, you know, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because this happened twice, actually, because we were supposed to do the HGL show uh, a week before. But then we did had to push it back up back you know but then you came on that show and then this is the same thing happened you know <laughs> you guys just need to postpone your shows more often hey, <laughs> hey actually, actually when, you know uh, matt has some things coming up so we might need like a extra guest here and there in the future so you you and don are both welcome to come on a few shows coming up so uh, yeah, back, guys, man. Awesome. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let me know. Hey, you know me. I'm a podcast whore. <laughs> I do it all for the nookie. <laughs> and, I'm always, <laughs> and I'm always down to talk with you guys. So, yeah, let me know. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's it. We'll, we'll let you pimp your guys' stuff. We'll start with Venom because he has uh, the, the, the list of – it's like the list of lists. Uh, unfortunately we'll – <laughs> unfortunately my list will not be as long uh this time well or, or fortunately depending on who you are um a lot of my shows are on hiatus unfortunately so i really only got a couple to talk about right now and that's uh my main shows um no more room in hell which i do with mr Derek v and mike merriman on our latest episode if you enjoyed what you heard on this episode join us for episode 34 of no more room in hell it's also a Bruno Matai two-pack, but instead of jungle cannibals, we do zombies for that one. So we've still got some flesh-eating, but just, uh, you know, no natives doing the flesh-eating this time. So, yeah, check that episode out on the Dark Discussions Podcast Network. And then the sister podcast to that show is called Fresh Cuts. That's our weekly podcast where we review the newest releases in the genre we just finished our three-pack of Fear Street films. We did the Fear Street movies for three weeks in a row. And if everything goes as planned, uh, this week we'll be looking at M. Night Shyamalan's latest release, Old. So, And that one is also, of course, available on the Dark Discussions Podcast Network. As far as my other stuff, the stuff that's on hiatus... Uh, we're looking at In the Mic of Madness with Rebecca Reinhardt and Brad Thornton, uh, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space with uh, Don and Derek from this show, and uh, Mr. Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast. We've got It's Not Horror Okay, a comedy movie commentary podcast with the folks from NFW and the Friday Nightmares podcast. And then uh, we got some new stuff coming out, too, that we'll talk about very, very soon, hopefully in the coming weeks. Uh, you're going to hear me and potentially others from uh, this show on a new project, so look out for that. That'll also more than likely be on the Dark Discussions Podcast Network. And uh, my most recent guest spot would be a guest spot that I did on Cut to the Chase, where we... Oh, wait, not Cut to the Chase. It was... Uh, 
It was Controllers Up. Uh, it was oh. the, the video game podcast um, with uh, Heather and Scott. That's right. Controllers Up, Cards Down. Uh, we basically just did a general discussion on uh, gaming and stuff like that. I think I have another guest spot that I can't seem to remember right now. So if it comes to me, I'll yell it out. But otherwise, that's it for me. Uh, probably just the Teapot Summer Series. It's not released yet, though. That's that should yeah, be but that's not so much a guest spot as it was torture. <laughs> it, it was. That's it, it, where the ultimate betrayal happened between you and me, Venom. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, my, I my stabbed him in the heart. heart. Yep, my science sono heart has been broken. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Don. Thanks for joining us. Pimp out your shit, man. All right, so um, I can piggyback on Ven- off of Venom for his two picks initially. Um, I was on the uh, aforementioned Bruno Matai show with uh, Mike Venom and uh, Derek for uh, the the main show, No More Room in Hell, with the uh, Bruno Matai zombie double feature. And I'm also the uh, unofficial third guest host. I still claim that name because Mike never lets me go first instead of you, so I don't feel like <laughs> official host. Hey, don't feel bad, Don. It's the same <laughs> on our uh, No More Room in Hell. I'm like, and always join us, Derek. I'm like, I've been here for fucking like 35 episodes. What the fuck, Mike? <laughs> I know. Um, he always mentions Venom first, and he always tells him to go first, so I still don't say I'm a third host of the show. I always say I'm the unofficial. Well, that's only host. because of the blackmail and the pictures that I have of him. So. Uh, it's because Mike always likes to go last so he can sleep some more during when we Well, talk. whoever goes last has to say the least, because everybody else already said everything. That's true. Like Even like when you do like the pimping of your shows, it's like, yeah, Venom already said all mine. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, and then plus, like I said, I'm on uh, Fresh Cuts, so uh, check me out weekly there. Uh, I do have uh, my other show, uh, Graveyard Shit. That's not a mispronunciation. That's not a misnomer. That's the actual name of the podcast, Graveyard Shit. Not Shift, but Shit. Um, we finished our uh, retrospective of the Phantasm franchise, which was a lot of fun. And uh, we're in the planning stages on doing a uh, another show on that one. We're trying to get our schedules fixed for that one, which uh, should be a lot of fun. And uh, the other podcast I was on was a uh, special skip to the blue cut um, comedy commentary, um, which is part of uh, Cut to the Chase, where uh, me, Derek. Uh, Mike and one of uh, Lacey Lou's friends joined in for a commentary on The Fog, which was uh, Lacey's first time watch. Uh, so oh, yeah. uh, not sure when that not sure when that's gonna come out or if it'll come out, but it's recorded and uh, worth mentioning just in case. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That's uh, it for me. Good stuff. Uh... Yeah, I'm not sure what we're going to do next, guys. I've got some things coming up, though. But uh, we'll figure it out, and uh should be something fun like this. We, I like, you know, how we like our exploitation over here in sci-fi and good shit. But we'll come up with something, you know. We always come up with some good ideas in the mind melds. Never on when we're actually recording, though. Never. Never. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but... uh. Yeah, we'll figure something out. But uh, 
as always, we'll see you next episode. Say goodbye. Peace, Peace guys. Ciao, Boone. Ciao, ciao. I got no time for that bleeding. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.
Conversation taking over what we sold 